This is a curious one. Announcement from Metrolinx that's got a lot of folks scratching their heads. As a matter of fact, uh, Metrolinx say that they plan to convert uh, tens of thousands of their free parking lots in GO train stations to paid spaces. Metrolink spokesperson Anne-Marie Aikens confirming the plans and argues that the reason for this is to, f- to find a possible solution to overcrowded parking lots. Let's welcome in Steve Monroe, author and Toronto transit advocate. He joins us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, at a time when we are trying to encourage people to get out of their cars to help uh, ease congestion and gridlock and use public transit, uh, again, this has got a lot of folks scratching their heads. Does this make any sense to you? Well, the the basic problem is that the the go transit model that it's been built on for years of people drive through a parking lot and then they get on the train and come to Toronto. There's a point where you just can't build more parking lots. Uh, In the early days, uh, a parking space was relatively cheap to build because there was lots of land around the stations. So, you know, you just pave it and put down some lines and and you're all done. Of course, as as demand built up and as space became more at a premium, you started to have to build parking structures. And now the cost of building one parking space, like in a garage, is about $40,000. So, you know, if we're we're going to go and basically give $40,000 to every person who rides go transit so they can have a parking space, this gets really expensive really fast. Uh, Go has been, of course, Go has been looking to build up their ridership over the years, and they've been very successful. The problem is they've got two parking spaces for every three riders. That's that's a huge ratio. Imagine if the Toronto subway had two parking spaces for every three riders on the subway, how much parking space you would need. Yeah, so is Go, Steve, are they a victim of their own success, or is this just a failure to properly plan? Um, Well, it's a combination of the two. They're a victim of their own success, but uh, a big problem has been that uh, for years, provincial policy, I mean, it doesn't matter what stripe of government we're talking about here. Provincial policy has been not to um, make big investments in increasing local bus service around GO stations. That's basically left to the local municipalities. If they want to run good service, fine. If they don't, well, that's fine too. And the result is that you have a GO system that has been able to be successful because it was easy to build parking. The model worked up to a certain point. Um, and at the same time, there wasn't um, there wasn't the other, you know, sort of the, the, the dropping the other shoe. We got lots of GO service, and GO is planning big expansions in service, but there's no plans to improve uh, bus service to get people to and from GO trains. Is that practical, though? Do you think that's just another hurdle for some folks to jump over when it comes to using public transit? I mean, can we expect people to walk to a bus stop, wait for a bus, get on a bus that's going to take me then to a GO station in which I'll have to wait for my train and then finally get on my train to my destination? Is that just, do you think, too much for people? Well, for some people, it definitely is. There's no question. And one of the problems, of course, is that um, a lot of the areas around GO stations, historically, you know, they've not been dense areas like you have around subway stations in Toronto. And so it's harder to run bus services to feed GO. And, and a related point, of course, is that GO trains didn't run as often. So you would, you know, it, you have all, all of the incremental delays where, oh, I've got to wait for a bus and then I've got to wait for a train. 
if Go is going to move to a much more frequent service model, this very much changes the viability of a bus service feeding it because you can run the buses more often and you're not faced with, oh, I just missed the train, the next one's not for half an hour kind of a problem. The, the other part of this, of course, is that one of the things Go talked about uh, is, you know, they're saying, oh, my God, our, our parking lots are full at 7 o'clock in the morning and we want to increase people riding during the daytime, but there's no place for them to park. Well, you've got to kind of scratch your head at that because they're just not getting past the point of thinking that the only way you get people to the trains is by having them drive there. Sure, some people will always have to drive. I mean, people, for example, uh, some people are dropping off kids at school or you know, they're, they're running errands to and from, and they're going to want to have their car right up to the last moment. And they'll want a parking space. But should we be providing free parking for everybody who rides Go to accommodate that subgroup of of travelers? Yeah, when we say free parking, uh, help us uh, maybe understand why it costs so much uh, for parking. Because I understand, as you're saying, that there was only so much available land, so we've had to build now these uh, multi-tiered parking garages in some locations, which obviously there's an initial cost layout. But after that initial cost layout, uh, why does it seem seemingly the cost continues or, or goes on and it's so exorbitant? Well, um, that 40000 cost I, I mentioned was uh, was a construction cost. So obviously, it's the same way as building a subway. A subway is really expensive to build, but once you've got it there, the structure lasts for years and years and years. Parking garages aren't quite so long-lived. The the problem is that um, I suppose the better analogy is, is like highways. You can keep adding lanes to the 401, and as quickly as you add a lane, it fills up. And the same thing applies to parking at GO stations. Um, you know, how much more parking do you keep building uh, particularly if the only way you can you can get more ridership is to provide more parking. The, the model just does not scale. Uh, another interesting problem, of course, is that Go Transit and the provincial government have been talking a, a lot about what's referred to as transit-oriented development, the idea that you, you deliberately encourage higher-density development close to stations. Well, if you've taken up all the land beside the station with a parking lot, it's kind of hard to build housing on it. Absolutely. And uh, what do you think the impact is going to be uh, long-term when it comes to uh, ridership as uh, Metrolinx looks to start charging for parking at GO stations? I think they may see an, an initial dip. It's hard to say because, uh, I mean, the TTC went through the same thing. TTC parking lots used to be free, and there was a big hue and cry when the TTC started the charge for parking. People are still parking in TTC parking lots because the overall benefit of having, you know, taking a transit trip rather than driving all the way downtown has its advantages. Um, the, the, the thing is that, um, how can I put this? If you always sort of start from the premise that someone's going to have to have a parking space to use transit, that's the model you're going to think of. And basically, we now have to say, okay, how do we make it more convenient for people to get to and from GO trains without having to drive to get there? Yeah, so do you think they've sort of baked this in, the fact that uh, there will be an adjustment period and people will just get used to it? Uh, because, uh, again, uh, you know, if the argument is we want to get more and more folks on public transit and using that to ease congestion and gridlock on the uh, roadways, it seems as if this is just another hurdle to getting that done. And, you know, we, we've talked in the past uh, on this show about uh, other countries, other jurisdictions, which actually offer uh, zero fare uh, public uh, transit. We seem to be going the other route. 
Well, uh, <laughs> there's there's two points to that. Even even if the fare is zero, you still have to get to the transit station. You know, wherever wherever it is, you're going to get on that bus or that train. You got to be able to get to it. Uh, and so, if Go Transit were free, um, uh, but there was no bus that could get you to the Go station, you're 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 right back at square one. So uh, uh, the 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 idea of the idea of free transit has its attractions uh to put it in context uh if you wanted to make the TTC free just to replace the existing fare revenue is about 1.2 billion dollars this year um that's a whacking great tax increase and also of course if it's free more people are going to use it and we know there's just vast amounts of free space for people to ride on the subway these days so uh be you know get prepared for some major major expenses to increase capacity um it, w- it would be kind of interesting you know sort of if you could roll the clock back to the 1950s and have built all of the expressway system as toll roads, what that would have done to the relative comp- competitiveness of transit versus driving um, today. But, of course, you know, all the expressways are free, and as long as we could keep expanding them, well, more people keep driving. All right. Well, to be continued, but a very interesting announcement from uh, Metrolinx uh, regarding GO Station uh, parking today. Steve, really appreciate the perspective and the time. Thanks so much for jumping on today. You're welcome. There goes to Steve Monroe, author and Toronto Transit Advocate, as yes, indeed, Metrolinx has confirmed that they will start to convert tens of thousands of free parking lots to uh, paid parking spaces.